0: Good morning and happy Sabbath, everyone. Good to see you all. Um, Today I'm going to be sharing part of my testimony of how God has been leading in my life and part of my struggle with depression. But first I want to thank Josh. I don't think he's here today, but if you're watching online, thank you, Josh, uh, for sharing your testimony a few weeks ago. Um, It gave me inspiration to share mine. Um, this is my first time actually sharing my testimony, so pray for me. <laughs> um, I wanted to acknowledge just a brief disclaimer that I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not a doctor, but I am sharing from what I, my understanding of depression from my studies. And um, depression, fortunately, has a stigma, in the ch- especially in the church, but there doesn't have to be one. Depression has over 100 causes, including. Categories in nutrition, um, heavy metals, developmental, genetic, lifestyle, and much more. Um, as a well-known doctor once put it, as complex as the brain is, how can we expect any, any, nothing to go wrong with it? Understanding depression has, and its causes has helped me to understand myself and helped me to be a better person. And The best part is I'm still learning. Let's um, begin with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful sunny day. Thank you for the privilege of worshiping you. And thank you that we can know you. Father, guide my words as I speak and share what you've done in my life. And be with each person here and remind them how you're working in their lives. And um, be with all of our family and friends that are um, still... um, not sure if you're, if you're good, Lord, remind them that you're so good to them. And um, send your Holy Spirit to be, here with, be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. My water, sorry. So, excuse me. I was born to two wonderful parents... Two wonderful loving parents in the small town in Oregon, and they raised me in the Seventh day Adventist faith. When I was about six years old, I remember um, watching a, a, a video about Jesus' life with my three younger sisters. And I remember being just so overwhelmed with how much Jesus loved me. And when it came to the end of Jesus' life, and I saw him being beaten. I heard a small whisper saying, that was for you, Anna. And I did that for you. I wanted to be Jesus' girl, and I told my mom. She, told, she knelt down with me and led me through prayer and giving, giving Jesus to my heart. From then on, I noticed that spending time with Jesus made a big difference in how I treated my sisters and my mom, my dad. I had more patience, more kind words, and love for my family when I spent time with Jesus in the morning. I was a quiet and friendly kid. I like to make friends. My parents tell me that I was very stubborn. I liked to be, take charge and I had quiet confidence. I have many, had many ambitions to be a farmer with 12 kids, to a plumber like my dad, a pilot and a medical missionary. At the age of 12, I remember waking up one morning to Jesus calling on my heart and that he loved me so much. I felt so hungry for for the Bible. I remember pulling a book off the shelf about girl's guide to reading the Bible. And I read how many books were in the Bible and about how many authors and how to use the Bible. And uh, I had a fire in my bones to share the message of Jesus with others. My family was the first I tried to witness to. I felt like we were focusing too much on the worldly things. And I felt like that was a deadly mistake. My family's salvation was so important to me that I had the gumption to throw away all of the worldly DVDs from our, our cabinet thinking nobody would notice. My sisters still tell the story to this day. Remember when you did that? <laughs> when then puberty hit, it, I felt like all of the confidence I had went to zero. I had a genuine desire to do what was right and please God on the outside though i looked miserable negative thoughts bombarded my brain thoughts like no one wants to be your friend you're ugly you look like a grandma you'll never make a difference some of those thoughts were true but i didn't know that i had the power to change my reality i didn't know how to change celebrate god's gifts and have his joy in grade 10 All those negative thoughts came to a climax. I felt alone. There were two other people in my class who didn't, and both of them didn't talk to me. The class above me had been friends forever and didn't want another person tagging along. The class uh, below me seemed too childish. It was my first year outside of the homeschooling environment, and I, want, I felt so unwanted by everyone and couldn't see a way beyond the situation. Just more misery and more ter- mental turmoil. That's when I considered taking my own life. But God had different plans. God put women in my life to reach me. Somehow I, they knew that I was in desperate shape. One woman who was always friendly came up to me and held my hands in hers and said, Dear Anna, I feel impressed to tell you this and give you this Bible verse. She gave me Philippians four, six through eight, from which, from what I remember, it was just what I needed to hear in that moment. And I started crying because tears were just under the surface at any given moment. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice in everything with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. God also used a dear woman named Mrs. Sabiston, a grandma and mom of our dear friends, to visit our home during the Christmas holiday. She saw that I wasn't playing with the other children, and she invited my mom, her grown daughter, who is my mom's age, and me, to a girl's night. We massaged, she massaged my feet with essential oils and taught me about some stress relief techniques. This simple act of kindness renewed my hope and dispelled my thoughts of suicide. I made, I made it through the end of that year and was privileged to go to Foundview Academy and Southern Adventist University, where I found godly friends who encouraged me to make positive choices and made many good memories with them, many of those beautiful people I still keep in touch with. I learned that once you've battled with depression, it's important to take care of your lifestyle and your thought life, because those negative thoughts can creep back in The next time I really battled with depression was when I came back from being a student missionary in Zambia. It had been an amazing year. (laughs) Serving in the rural clinic as a nurse and experiencing the wildlife and the beautiful people there. The focus was on helping others and experiencing life with these people while showing them Jesus. It was an incredible experience, arguably one of the best of my life. When I came back to the States for, more, for one more year of studies, suddenly the focus was on me again. My mistake was that I didn't pick up the service activities along with studying. I got into a dating relationship that seemed really good, but in reality we were going different directions, which resulted in a power struggle. Finally, graduation came, I received my BSN diploma, and started working night shift at a beautiful Adventist Hospital, 45 minutes away from where I lived. On the outside, it looked like I had everything that I needed, but on the inside, I was falling apart. My relationship with my family were falling apart, my relationship with my boyfriend, fiance, was becoming toxic, my family, sorry, My boss and the nurses um, that I worked with were bullies and I didn't have energy to exercise, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, I lost 10 pounds. Trying to push through and earn respect, I tried to juggle everything, but failed. Those negative thoughts of, your life doesn't matter, you'll never be a good nurse, there is no way past this misery, crept into my mind, my head on the way home from work. I contemplated that maybe running my car into a tree was better than going on like this. I believe God carried me through that dark place in my life and didn't let me, allow me to harm myself. A friend who has a similar story with her early nursing career advised me to set up an appointment with good old Professor Wolf about some of my nursing struggles. Another friend advised me to pursue counseling. Positive change started to happen, and I felt so good to talk to somebody who cared and gave me tools to cope and help me create a plan to change. Then it all happened at once. My fiance and I broke up. I quit my job and I flew to Kenya to visit a friend for a month and contemplate life. This service opportunity gave me a restart that I needed. While I was in Kenya, somehow God's providence allowed me to hear about Optimal Health Center. It was a new Adventist clinic starting up in Chattanooga. I applied and started the position a few weeks after arrival back in the States. There, the director had great faith in me and hired me as their health educator and nurse manager. All of a sudden, I had the huge privilege of being involved in the Nedley Depression and Anxiety Recovery Program, the Diabetes Undone, Back to Health, and many more programs that we offered in our clinic. They say that if you want to learn more about them, if you want to learn the information well, teach it. Teach someone else. God put these mental health tools in my lap, and they changed my life. One of the hardest parts of the program for me was no negative thoughts for two weeks. I didn't realize how many negative thoughts entered my brain until I intentionally tried to think positively. I don't believe that it was God's plan for me to go through depression, but I believe that God can use experiences to help Me to be more compassionate with others who can who are going through hard times we have an enemy the devil who wants to destroy us in any way that he can but the good news is that Jesus is our defender and his words are true we have to spend time with him every day to remind ourselves of the true value that we have in him. And he will heal our thoughts. God doesn't make mistakes, including you. Moving forward, I want to bless others with the tools to control their own mental health through lifestyle. Thank you. Sorry, guys. Moving forward, I want to bless others with the tools to control their own mental health through lifestyle and managing their thoughts with God's help. This is really a lifelong journey of learning and growing and telling yourself the truth. If you are struggling with depression or anxiety or know somebody who is, there is hope. If you would like to learn more about Solid tools and mental health tips that I would strongly encourage you to read Dr. Nedley's book, Depression, The Way Out, and equip yourself with his program if that's right for you. Also, Ministry of Healing, Chapter Mind Cure, Chapter 18, is amazing. Um, I'm going to quote from that um, later. I would like to share some of these promises from God's word that have been pivotal for me. I would like to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11 and 12. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 and 12. Dwayne read it for us earlier. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found of you, says the Lord. And I love this one in Psalms 94. You turn with me. Psalms 94, verses 18 and 19. It says, if I say, my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. And I love this one from Ministry of Healing, um, page 150, 151, I'm sorry, 251. says, nothing tends to promote health of body and soul than does a spirit of gratitude and praise. It is the positive duty to resist melancholy, discontented thoughts and feelings as much of a duty... as it is to pray. And then a little further on, it says, Christ is the wellspring of life. That which many need is to have a clearer knowledge of him. They need to be patiently and kindly and earnestly taught of how the whole being may be thrown open to the healing agencies of heaven. Then the sunlight of God's love illuminates the darkened chambers of the soul. Restless weariness and dissatisfaction will cease. And satisfying joys will, be, will give vigor to the mind and health and energy to the body. You know, life is hard. God doesn't promise us an easy life. But it can always be worse. <laughs> and um, we will never have to face as many challenges as Jesus faced while he was on this earth. Um, I would like to challenge you guys, the challenge that I did, and I'm still um, like to challenge myself some time to time for to think no negative thoughts for two weeks. Just try it. It's really hard, (laughs) especially when you have kids. (laughs) But um, I would encourage you to try that. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here again today. Thank you for bringing us where we are in our lives right now. And thank you for loving us fully and yet knowing us completely. And Lord, sometimes it can be hard to praise you, because there's so many overwhelming bad things that happen in the world and in our lives, but you are so much bigger, and you are ultimately in control, and you're not going to allow sin to go on forever. You are so good, God. And we thank you and praise you for what you're going to do in the lives of each person here this week. We we humbly ask that you would bring us closer to you every single day. Not because of what we've done, but because of you, who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.